a playlist original. Welcome back to Queer We Go and happy LGBT plus history month to my UK listeners. Stay tuned for a rundown of celebratory cultural events. As usual, there will be spoilers. TV. Kicking us off is my TV highlight for the start of 2021. Jules's special episode of Euphoria, F Anyone Who's Not a C-Blob. And if that's not the best episode title ever, I don't know what is. What makes this episode so special is that Hunter Schaefer, who plays Jules and, like her character, is trans, co-wrote it with show creator Sam Levinson. Much of it was inspired by a poem she wrote after leaving school and she's called writing and starring in it the most cathartic experience she's ever had. For those of us who haven't heard of the Emmy-winning show, and if so, which rock have you been hiding under? Euphoria follows teenager Rue, played by Zendaya, her struggles with addiction, and her tumultuous relationship with Jules. This essentially two-hander episode is more successful than Rue's special episode, which debuted back in December. The therapy setting creates a sense of intimacy and allows Jules to fill in the blanks behind moments from the first season, such as her reaction to her first kiss with Rue and her difficult relationship with her mother. There's a nice touch with little Easter eggs scattered throughout, including the wings Jules wore to the Halloween party, and her behaviour there is explained too. But most importantly, it gives Jules some much-needed agency and shows that there is no one way to be trans. As she says assertively while choral music plays, For me, being trans is spiritual, it's not religious, for some congregation. It's for me, it belongs to me. Jules, questioning whether to come off some of her hormones, tells her therapist, played by Lauren Weedman, I've been trying to conquer femininity, and I feel like somewhere along the way, femininity conquered me. She explains that she's been framing her femininity against what will make her desirable to men and accepted by cis women, who scan everyone's faces and bodies, assessing where to place them in the hierarchy. The most powerful moment comes when she says, I've always thought of puberty as a broadening, a deepening, a thickening. In my head, women were always small and thin and delicate. But then I think of beautiful things that are also broad and deep and thick, like the ocean. The ocean is strong and feminine. This is accompanied by shots of Jaws having a gay old time by the sea. And this glee is only matched when Jules first talks of Rue, as her face lights up. It's such a pure representation of her love. The montage of the pair, which includes Rue doing her hormone injections for her, is super sweet too. Sam Levinson has understandably been criticised for how the male gaze often dominates the show, and the objectification of Jules. If you're interested, trans journalists such as Drew Gregory from Autostraddle talk about this much more knowingly and eloquently than I ever could. While the aesthetics of this episode sometimes veer into worrisome territory, it was a welcome first step towards a more nuanced approach. And for the most part, the cinematography is divine. There are some cracking scene transitions, and I won't be forgetting the title screenshot, which sees past moments of the show flashing by on a close-up of Jules' eye in a hurry. I hope we see through her eyes more in season two. It's available on Sky Go, Now TV, and HBO Max. Music. California-based indie duo Hey King, made up of Natalie London and her partner Taylor Plessity, have just announced their self-titled debut album, due for release on April 2nd via the record label Anti. The 11-track LP has been produced by four-times Grammy winner Ben Harper, and if their singles are anything to go by, it's set to be full of optimistic anthems with a carpe diem spirit. Their latest single, the electric album opener Beautiful, is a case in point. It's a pandemic-proof track that's full of heart, with a music video to match. The pair's dogs play a starring role, and Taylor gives us an insight into their genderqueer identity too. Of the track, London says, With all the uncertainties, insecurities and worries, you just say, 
I don't know where I'll be or where I'm going, but I do know it's going to be beautiful. Those are certainly words to live by. And with that, here's Beautiful by Hey King.
From the Archives. For this episode's From the Archives, it only seems fitting to tell you more about the history behind LGBT Plus History Month. LGBT Plus History Month was pioneered in 1994 by Missouri history teacher Rodney Wilson, the first openly gay public school teacher in the state. And as well as the US, it is also celebrated in the UK, Hungary, Australia, Brazil, Greenland and Berlin though the months it occurs differs between areas. In the UK, it falls in February, to coincide with the abolition of Section 28 in 2003. This bill banned the promotion of homosexuality by Britain's schools and local authorities. LGBT History Month has been organised by Schools Out UK since 2005 as a means to combat prejudice. It's all about remembering where we've come from and acknowledging where we're going. It's marked by some wonderful online events. A note that when I refer to Times, I'll be talking GMT. You can find more information on lgbtplushistorymonth.co.uk. When it comes to books, LGBTQ Plus Book Award Polari has got you covered with its online literary salon. On February 25th at 7pm, guest author Stella Duffy will be discussing her new novel Lullaby Beach, a tale spanning three generations. And Niven Govenden will be chatting about his sixth novel, Diary of a Film, about cinema and queer love. Heads up, if you enjoy that, last year's non-debut winner, In at the Deep End, by Kate Davies, was read on the radio by the wonderful Elle Potter from theatre duo Hotter Project, and all episodes are available on BBC Sounds until March 23rd. If poetry is more your thing, Stockport Libraries will be hosting a talk by LGBT plus poet laureate Trudy Howson on 27th of February at 2pm. But if it's history you're after, check out Drag Through Time on February 26th at 8pm in support of Southampton Pride, which will see drag performers recreate key moments and iconic anthems exploring the history of drag since the Stonewall Riots in 1969. Film lovers should check out the John Hansard Gallery's talk on Derek Jarman's Queer Nature on February 25th at 5pm, which will discuss the director's legacy while Forum Plus Film Club will be hosting a screening and discussion of film And Then We Danced at 7pm. The passionate tale of love and liberation is set amid the ultra-conservative confines of modern Georgian society. Theatre fans will love the premiere of performance artist Tom Marshman's show Shakespeare on February 27th at 7pm. Devised for the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust, it uses the voices of queer actors and musicians who have connected with Shakespeare's legacy. And for the all-rounders among you, Queer Culture Club's collaboration with Pre's Art Salon is the answer. The evening of music, visual arts and performance takes place on 28th of February at 6.30pm, featuring music from Eleanor Wolfe, drag king Christian Adore and many more. I'm also loving House of Pride and Royal Mail's Connecting the Letters campaign, named as such to represent how important each letter in the LGBTQ plus spectrum is. We're all family, after all. It's a bid for us to connect in a different way during the pandemic, and remember the rich history of letter writing within the LGBTQ plus community. Just think of Oscar Wilde's letters to Bosie, or Virginia Woolf's to Vita Sackville West. Pay $7.99 to receive personalised love letters to the community from LGBTQ plus celebrities. In the days of digital communication, who doesn't thrill at getting a letter in the post? You'll also get a prompt to write your own. Profits go to the UK charity Stonewall Housing, which provides safe and secure housing for LGBTQ plus people. And letters can be sent all over the world. The celebrities featured include actress Beanie Feldstein, best known for the films Lady Bird and Booksmart, 
Glow star and singer Kate Nash, years and years actor Russell Tovey, comedian Rosie Jones, poet Azure Antoinette, and storyteller and drag queen Amru Al-Khadi, whose book Life is a Unicorn was the other winner of the aforementioned Polari Prize last year. House of Pride will also be posting letters on its social media throughout February, so be sure to check that out. Art. And speaking of love letters, my art highlight for the month is a love letter to us by Tubby Lamb which is their lyrical letter to the trans community at a time when they cannot be together physically. The three-minute video, which marks the anniversary of a T4T couple, features images of more than 200 trans bodies set to energising music by Nicole Parkinson. Of the piece, Tabby says, Cis people can watch and they can enjoy, but it's not for them. This is trans art made by trans artists for trans audiences. It's available on Northern Stage's YouTube account as part of the theatre company's Scroll series, which offers an antidote to doom scrolling. Film. It has been a rather slow start to the year for queer film releases, but thankfully two Golden Globe nominees look set to change all that. The trailer for The United States vs. Billie Holiday, with Andrew Day in the lead role, promises to portray the openly bisexual jazz singer and civil rights activist as just that, bisexual. Unlike the 1972 biopic Lady Sings the Blues, starring Diana Ross, which omitted Holiday's bisexuality entirely, Gay director Lee Daniels has restored her queer legacy. Holiday's most famous relationship was with actress Tallulah Bankhead, played by Natasha Leon. Hurrah for no more straight washing. It'll be released on Hulu on February 26th. I also love Jay Blakeson's dark comedy thriller I Care A Lot, which has just been released on Amazon Prime in the UK and elsewhere on Netflix. Rosamund Pike stars as con artist Marla Grayson, who cons wealthy elderly people out of their life savings, while Aza Gonzalez plays her partner and partner in crime, Fran. But things take a turn when Marla grafts a woman with crime boss pals. It's a genius concept, and it was refreshing to see some queer thriller action. The bisexual lighting was on point too, and the chemistry between the pair was delightful. Marla's sexuality isn't a major plot point either, it just is, and we all know how thrilling that can be in itself. Theatre. My latest theatre highlight is playwright and poet Caroline Bird's radio play, Because I'm a Mother, which aired on Radio 4 and is available on BBC Sounds. Jessica Hines stars as artist Marcy, who has left her baby son Bailey in the UK with her wife Dawn, played by Sinead Matthews, in order to create an exhibition about motherhood in New York. Caroline herself is a gay mother, and the video calls between the pair, as well as Marcy's art, present their struggle to both conceive and to parent so authentically. Dawn tells Marcy that she was just as involved in the creation of Bailey. You injected hormones into my stomach every night like a voodoo doll. But still, Marcy maintains, you're the main mum and I'm the extra, lamenting her lack of biological connection. Caroline presents the conflict between nature and therefore biology and playing a part, as emphasised by Marcy playing mothers in fictional films for her exhibition. She wants to integrate Dawn and Bailey into her art by filming a slice of their day, puree carrot inside the radiator and all, and tells her to just be natural, like a character. And you just need to act normally, with the pause between act and normally making us question, does she want her to act or be natural? It also offers a fascinating insight into the importance of naming, with Marcy upset that nobody calls her mummy. When Marcy makes her first dad joke, Dawn quickly changes tack, saying, or mum joke, hoping not to offend her. But resentment and jealousy fester, as seen in Marcy's poignant list of likes and dislikes for the gallery. 
I don't like watching you play together without me. I don't like when he squirms in my arms to reach for you. I only like it when he likes me. I only like it when he's like me. I don't like the feeling that I don't have a drop of blood in him, that I just pull silly faces and pay the bills. The art installation aspect of the play allows the writer's poetic abilities to shine through, but these moments are always harshly punctuated by the realities of dawn on the other line. When Marcy films or records her wife, leading to cries of, I'm not your fodder, she explains, I don't know how to be honest without you. I'm only half the story. But it's clear that the honesty is in the art, not the relationship, as Dawn has not given consent and even exclaims, not everything is art, you know. Marcy says, how do you make everyone understand something that only a few people feel? I think it's safe to say Caroline and the team have made something that will make queer parents feel seen. If you have any LGBTQ plus culture recommendations you'd like to see featured on the podcast, or if you're involved in the queer arts scene, get in touch on Twitter or Instagram at QueerWeGoPod. Until then, stay here, stay queer, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>